getting the bag is easy. But how do we actually use the bag without blowing it? Right. My team and I, we've been seeing a lot of people getting the bag. But the main thing a lot of people don't talk about is how to actually use the bag without blowing it. So what my team and I decided to do, we're hosting a free masterclass on Sunday, how to collect 100K in 90 days and use it responsibly. If you want to get tapped into the class, you're going to want to text the word class to 914-353-4741. The information can literally help you retire your nine to five like I did. It can help you make additional income, but you just need access to the information. If you want to get tapped in, text the word class to 914-353-4741. Get tapped in or say hi to your boss for me tomorrow. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Consumer Ammunition Tactics Podcast or CAT, where we provide you with beneficial information to change your situation. My name is Michael Benjamin. I'm the CEO of Consumer Ammunition Tactics or CAT, where we leverage your credit, give you that consumer law education, and just help you get to the next level. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to a new episode of the Cap Podcast, Consumer Ammunition Tactics Podcast. Hopefully, y'all blessed. Hopefully, y'all amazing. Hopefully, y'all great. I'm so excited for today's episode because we're going to be we gonna be basically doing a 2023 version of the episode I did in 2021 called Do This to Repair Your Credit Successfully. So what's, what's crazy, too, is that I published it in April. So April of 2021, and it's just crazy because... You know, it's been, what, two years? But so much, so I've learned so much over time, experienced so much over time. Back then, I was working a nine-to-five, you know what I'm saying? I'm full-time in a business. Oh, that's a notification. I'm full-time in a business. I'm full-time, you know, knowing more consumer laws, all of that. So I'm excited for the episode to give y'all the 2023 edition of Do This to Repair Your Credit Successfully. Because um, that episode, episode two, if you want to know what specific episode it was, is a very, very popular episode on a podcast. And I know a lot of y'all have listened to that episode and changed your situation, whether it was back then or even 2022 or even now. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to do like a refresher for new people that's coming on a podcast that's not going to scroll all the way down to episode two. So we're going to talk about that. Updates. If you haven't been to my free masterclass where I talk about how to collect 100K in 90 days, then you definitely going to want to tap in. So go ahead and tap in with that. We'll probably put an ad. Update as well. Um, we've been doing a lot of solo episodes, but I'm looking to do more collaborations so that we could help y'all get to the next level. And yeah, I just I just do it with intention because I got to be careful about who I bring onto the podcast and put in front of y'all. So Given that, obviously, it's not going to be new guests like every week, you know what I'm saying? But be on the lookout for more uh, collaborations because we're being intentional about that. And yeah, it's just really going to help y'all out. So be on the lookout for that. Update as well. Don't be a cheap person. Do not be a cheap person. I just want to I just want to put a word on this. This could low-key be a Wednesday episode. Maybe we're going to go in more on Wednesday about uh, being cheap. We spoke about how being cheap is expensive. Some of y'all, I don't, I don't know who it is listening to the podcast. Maybe it's the people that's not cheap that's listening to the podcast. Some of y'all, you just get free information left and right, 
and then you confuse of why you aren't, you aren't, you know, where you want to be in life. It's probably because you're cheap. Think about it. Back in 2021, when I was investing tens of thousands of dollars into myself to get to where I am now, to where I was able to even leave my nine to five job. If I was being cheap, y'all wouldn't have the, ver- the 2023 version of me that y'all have that's giving you all this information. So I just say that to say as an update, if you're a cheap person, cat, we don't work with cheap people when it comes to our, like our mentorship. When it comes to, um, we don't really promote done for your credit repair, but when we do done for your credit repair, we don't work with cheap people as well. So I need y'all to understand cheap is a mindset. Cheap is a mindset, something you could change. So if you're cheap, you can change it. Sometimes people that are cheap, they do have the money. They're just being cheap. So it's just about changing your mindset, changing how you go about things. You got to think about it. If you're giving out into the world, you're probably going to receive out into the world, right? And that goes along too, as far as being cheap, it's not just money, but being cheap with giving out information to people, right? We put out, what we put out? Over a thousand YouTube videos, over a hundred podcast episodes. All of that is free, right? And it's like a double-edged sword because certain people, certain people is just going to think, okay, it's free, 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 free. And they're going to be in that cheap mindset. Certain people are going to be like, okay, it's so much free information. Imagine what's in the paid information, which is, you know, the intention. So just a word, don't be cheap. Being cheap is expensive because it's like, y'all know, man, we, we, we'll we talk about it more on Wednesday if I, if we talk about it on, on this Wednesday's episode. We'll, we'll talk about it on a different time. Today's not really about mindset. We're we going to give y'all, you know, the blueprint on how to repair your credit successfully. Well, you could say repairing your credit is mindset as well, but I don't want to focus too much on that right now. So just don't be cheap. That's the main thing. I don't want to make my stomach hurt talking about cheap people right now. Updates. Make sure you go follow, um, what's it called? My IG, Mike O. Benjamin, if you want to tap in. We're almost at 3,000 subscribers on YouTube at the time I'm recording this. So go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Mike O. Benjamin. Same thing. TikTok. We're trying to get to uh, 20,000. I said trying. We're going to get to 20,000 followers on TikTok. So make sure you go tap in. I think we're just at like 18K followers on TikTok. So make sure you go tap in with that. And yeah, with that being said, man, let's just get straight into the episode. All right, listen, so we've made it no excuse for you not to get to the next level. We put out the monthly mentorship, $29 a month. We know that not everyone can afford the CAT credit, retire your nine to five mentorship. That's a four figure investment currently. So now what we did, we launched a mentorship that's less than $5, $499 a month. Mentorship by me. It's a Telegram channel. You're going to get endless sauce, credit sauce. You might even get more. You never know. If you want to get tapped in, $499 a month mentorship. Text five mentorship, the number five mentorship, five mentorship as one word, one phrase to 914 914- Three five three four seven four one five mentorship to nine one four three five three four seven four one. Catch you on the episode. All right, listen. Let's get straight into it. We're gonna talk about how to repair your credit successfully. 
in 2023. So I need y'all to do what I'm going to say to repair your credit successfully in 2023. Just FYI, before I get into it, my mentees and my cat credit retire nine to five mentorship. They get the best information. We did a mastermind. I literally walked through step by step on how we successfully repair credit consistently. Those of y'all that follow us on IG, the CA Tactics LLC page, you see how we post in constant receipts of oh, charge off deleted, collections deleted, late payment deleted, whatever, inquiries, all, the, all these items, right? Student loans. The way we're able to do it, we literally gave the sauce to my mentees. So y'all listening to the podcast, this is a free platform. I don't know who can listen to this. We still going to give you, you know, amazing information, but I need y'all to understand, going back to what I said about being cheap. You get the best information when you invest in yourself. So keep that in mind. All right, let's get it. So to do this, do do what I'm going to say to repair your credit successfully in 2023. Low key, I should have listened to the 2021 episode I did. I didn't listen to it. I might listen to it later. But um, it would have been dope if I listened to it. And then, you know, I kind of have like, I guess, a reminder of what I talked about back then. But. I, I think it's better just to just to do it without listening to the episode. So I know I probably talked about freezing the secondary bureaus. So we're going to talk about that, but you don't necessarily have to. Um, I didn't really know how powerful the consumer laws were back then when I dropped that episode. So I probably did say like, oh, you, you got to freeze the secondaries. So it's really up to you. So number one, this is very, very important. Very, very important. Y'all should know this already if you listen to my podcast. You want to pull your credit reports so you know what's going on on your credit reports, right? So how can you do it? You can go to annualcreditreport.com. So back in 2021, they were doing the COVID thing where you're getting constant free reports. If you go to annualcreditreport.com, you're able to get your credit reports for free. I think it's weekly currently in uh, 2023. Correct me if I'm wrong, but go to annualcreditreport.com. You're going to request your free credit reports. It's very simple. You're going to go to, uh, I'm getting a phone call, my bad. So annualcreditreport.com, you're going to request your free credit reports. But this is what you want to do. If you're not familiar with credit, there are three main reporting agencies. There are Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. So you're going to fill it out one time for each of them. So what does that mean? You're going to fill out the form three times. You're going to request your free credit report. Then you're going to type in your information. You're going to say, have you lived at your address for more than two years? If not, you're going to uh, put the previous address and then you're going to answer some security questions. They're going to give you the report. So, you, boom, you did that for Experian. That's one time. Go back to annualcreditreport.com. Fill it out again. Boom, Equifax. Bet. Fill it out again. Boom, TransUnion. Bet. So, you got your credit reports. But what's important, too, is you got to understand how to read your credit reports. And if you don't know about consumer laws, you got to understand that your credit reports are known as your consumer reports. Credit reports, consumer reports. When I say credit reports, think of consumer reports. I know those of y'all that's been listening to the podcast since the inception of it, 2021, even 2022. You probably know a lot about what I'm talking about, but remember, we got some new people listening, so bear with me. So you got your credit reports. You got three of them. You got to understand how to read your credit reports. I'm going to make it easy for you. This is what you want to do. Go to Experian.com. This is also where you can pull your credit reports. Register on Experian.com if you're not registered there already. Register on Experian.com if you're not registered there already. So once you register with Experian and you log in, you're online, you're looking at your Experian, 
you got to understand that it's your FICO score, right? It's your FICO score, which is what lenders use when they want to see if you're going to get money. So once you're in Experian, they have a good way of how to look at it. You'll see like your personal information. Getting all these down. Calls. They'll have your personal information. Um, They'll have, you know, your accounts, things like that. So when you're reading a credit report, you need to understand personal information, accounts, inquiries, that kind of things, right? So it's different categories. So pay attention to that. Pay attention to that when you're looking at your credit report. Given that, let me just walk through the different data points that you want to be aware of when it comes to your credit. So payment history is 35% of your score. So when you look at different accounts, if you see something that says late, that means you have a late payment. (laughs) Self-explanatory. So 35% is payment history. So what does that mean? If you get one late payment, your credit report, consumer report is damn near cooked. (laughs) You know, so you want to fix it. We're going to talk about fixing it. Payment history, 35%. 30% is debt utilization rate. What is debt utilization rate? Debt utilization rate is basically the amount of credit being used, right? Based off of your credit cards. So if you got a $10,000 credit card and you're using $1,000 out of it, if that's your only credit card, you got a 10% utilization rate. You want to be at 9% or less, right? Then we have 15%. 15% is length of credit history. What does that mean? How long your credit has been established? We typically like to see at least four years or more. How can you know what's your average age of accounts, right? How long your credit history has been established. This is why you want to also look at Credit Karma. So you can download the Credit Karma app to your phone. It's going to be green. A lot of people say, don't use Credit Karma. Don't use Credit Karma. The reason why they say that is because Credit Karma reports your Vantage 3.0 score. Vantage 3.0 score. That's a scoring system that lenders do not use. This is why you want to use Credit Karma as a guide. So when you log into Credit Karma... They have it very aesthetically pleasing. You just click on your, uh, they they only have Equifax and TransUnion. So just use it as an estimate to assume your experience as well. So click on either Equifax or TransUnion. They're going to have your average history over there. You want to see at least four years of history. If you don't have at least four years of history, we can add an authorized user trade line at the end. That means you're piggybacking off of somebody else's history. So length of credit history, 15%, right? Where's the last 20%? New credit. (laughs) Bro, new credit. <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting all these interruptions. <laughs> new credit. That was a Kendrick Lamar all right playing. Um, so, you know, we're going to be all right. I, I appreciate that, Kendrick, but we we talking about credit right now. So, last 20%. 10% is new credit. What is that? Hard inquiries. When you go apply for credit, you got a hard inquiry. When you go look at your credit, you got a soft inquiry. The only thing that matters in terms of your score, are hard inquiries. So don't don't worry about it. You looking at your own credit. Last 10%, right, is a mix of accounts. What does that mean? You want to have a good range of accounts. A lot of people think like, oh, I got a high credit score. I'm good. But they got a skinny profile. They don't got installment loans. They don't got revolving accounts, right? They don't got no credit cards. They just got a high score. Lenders are going to curve you and you're going to be confused. This is why you have to have a good mix of accounts as well right? It's not about your score. It's about the profile. That's why when I dropped that episode in 2021 and I said, your credit score does not matter. And y'all ran the numbers up confused, thinking I'm crazy. It makes sense because it's about the data points. 
the data points. Hold on. Let me get a sip of my tea real quick. I'm going crazy giving you all this information. So, yeah, now we understand, you know, the different data points. So we want to maximize. We want to make sure we're maximizing our points in all the different categories. So you pulled your credit report based off of annualcreditreport.com. Maybe you know how to read the credit report. Maybe you don't know how to read it. If you don't know how to read it, go register on Experian.com. It's more aesthetically pleasing. All right, it's more aesthetically pleasing. So once you're able to read your credit report, you have your credit report, all of that, you know the inaccuracies, everything. Number one, fix your personal information first. Personal information first. Personal information first. Personal information first. Y'all should know that. If you don't know that, fix your personal information first. You want to have one name. You want to have one address, one employer. And one thing people ask me too is, can I correct my personal information and dispute at the same time? The answer is yes. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we just do the personal information first, separately. It's really up to you. You can do both. You can do it at the same time. You can do both, right? So correct the personal information. The reason why you want to correct the personal information is that sometimes having multiple names, multiple addresses is tied to negative accounts. It could be tied to that collection you're trying to get deleted. So correct your personal information. Once your personal information is corrected, what's the next thing that we want to do? We want to look at ourselves like a doctor, right? You're a doctor. Your credit reports, your consumer reports are your patients. So obviously you want to figure out what's going on so that you could diagnose the situation and address it with appropriate treatment. So now you look at your report, what's going on? What's harming the credit? Even if you go to Experian, it lets you know, like, well, what's harming the credit, right? So figure out what's harming the credit. Do you have a collection? Do you have a late payment? Do you have a bankruptcy? Do you have uh, negative student loans, right? And one thing I'll say, too, just just uh, just tactical-wise, sometimes some people are like, okay, I got a bunch of late payments, like five, six late payments. Should I remove the entire account or should I just correct the late payments? So the Fair Credit Reporting Act, it gives you, you know, your right to have the item removed, you know, based off of the fact that you didn't give them consent to report it. But in that case, you got to ask yourself, do I have a good amount of history on this account? Because credit can be a double-edged sword sometimes because you could you could have something negative, but if you remove it, you might still be losing points because it's a good amount of history. That goes back to the data points. Like, think about it. If I got one late payment, that's obviously 35% of my score, right? If I remove the late payment, I'm thinking like, okay, I'm going to increase on my score. Maybe you're going to increase, but maybe you won't increase as much, or maybe you're going to decrease because you're removing positive history. If If you're removing positive history, that goes back to that 15%. I hope you all are following. So it's like... You could cut the you could cut the bleeding, but it's like you you still gonna be bleeding because you're removing something that's positive as far as history. So keep that in mind. Every situation is gonna be different. That's why when somebody says like, "Oh, if I remove this, how many points am I gonna go up?" Anytime somebody asks that, I I understand that they don't know anything about credit. Um, let me not say they don't know anything. They don't know much about credit because that's that's a very unintelligent question to ask. How many points is this gonna go up? That's a very ignorant question to ask. And it's nothing wrong with being ignorant. You just need to educate yourself. Because if you understand that every credit profile is unique, every credit profile is going through certain situations, if you remove one late payment, 
uh, maybe you remove, remove the entire account. Maybe you won't go up as much as you think you're going to go up because you lost positive history. So keep in mind, every credit profile is different. Every credit situation is different. So educate yourself and then you won't ask unintelligent questions. So once you correct the personal identifiers, like I said, we got to diagnose the situation. So do you have collections, late payments, all that? So now we're going to dispute. Now we're going to dispute. Let's talk about let's talk about the process, right? The administrative process. So administrative process, if you don't know, is basically your route to getting your desired result. So that could be monetary compensation. That could be just the deletion, whatever. But we're not we're not going to go too deep. We're not even going to get into a remedy for monetary compensation. I just want you all to get the items deleted. So. Typically. It's, it's really it's really up to you how you do it, because some people say like, oh, um, opportunity to cure that kind of thing. But I like to simplify it in three steps. Number one is your notice of dispute, disputing those items slash your debt validation notice. Debt validation is typically for any debt. And if you don't know what debt means in terms of the law, legal term is obligation or alleged obligation, obligation or alleged obligation. Right. So you you could technically use that definition towards getting these items deleted. But, you know, I don't want to go too deep in a consumer law loophole on y'all. So so just uh, keep in mind your first notice that you're going to send your first first notice of dispute is going to be your debt validation or just your notice of dispute. And you're basically going to put the items that you're disputing and send it out. Who are you going to send it out to? You can send it out to the creditor. You can send it out to the CRAs, the consumer reporting agencies. I recommend you send to both. I recommend you address everybody. Uh, best practice that I even tell my mentees, this is this is like some secret sauce for my mentees. I tell them to send it to the registered agent addresses as well. So that's just some free sauce for y'all. I hope my mentees ain't mad at me for, you know, giving out that game. <laughs> but you could, you don't necessarily got to do all that. You can just send it to the dispute addresses and, you know, get the items deleted. But we just like registered agent addresses as well in case we do got to go through litigation. So notice of disputes slash debt validation. That's number one. Once you send that, they talk about some verified or validated, whatever. The next notice, this is specifically for the consumer reporting agencies. You're going to send a method of verification. What's a method of verification notice? A method of verification notice is asking them how they verify the information. This is why I tell everybody. It's not even about marketing or anything. I tell everybody to go grab the two-hour FCRA masterclass I taught. FCRA masterclass. Because I broke down FCRA to the point that a baby could understand it. And it's important for you to understand FCRA because you need to understand how to enforce FCRA violations to get these items deleted. If they don't get deleted, that's when you file the lawsuit. They go most likely settle with you outside of court. We've seen this happen time and time again. They don't want to smoke with you once you do the correct setup. So method of verification, you're asking them, how did they verify the information? I'm not going to get into complete detail. Um, if you want the most detail in the world, get into my mentorship. This is a free, this is a free podcast, right? Most people don't even give out this information for free. That I'm giving out. So then number three, you're going to send an affidavit of intent to sue them or a pre-arbitration notice. You can, you can go through arbitration as well. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just get into mentorship. Stop being cheap. 
All right, so with the affidavit, affidavit is a notarized document. You can notarize with or without the United States. Um, I dropped a separate podcast on that. I'm not going to elaborate on that. So you want to send an affidavit to them, just basically putting them on notice. And the reason why this is powerful is because it's like you've already made multiple attempts to resolve the issue privately. So then you're applying extra pressure and letting them know this is going to go through litigation if you don't correct this matter now. Delete the damn item. Right? Stop violating the FCRA. <laughs> basically, that's what you're saying. So that, that's basically the administrative process. You're going to send your letters in that kind of manner. And I want to give y'all a couple laws. And then uh, we're going to get out of here because this is basically this is basically the process. But like if you want more in-depth, um, definitely see if you can get into the mentorship because, you know, we give you the template letters and everything. So let's talk about your debt validation notice or just your notice of dispute. With your debt validation notice, debt validation typically is going to the creditor, right? So you with the collection, you're going to send them a notice, basically asking them, like, oh, I need an original copy of my uh, original signature, all that. If they send you a copy, that's not no original signature, right? And you're going to ask them the different things that the 12 CFR debt validation law says, or you can go with the FDCPA one. It's really up to you. So you send that notice to them. You can do a CFPB complaint, letting them know, like, you know, they got to... They got to get on them about this. All these interruptions. You can do a CFPB complaint. You know, once you send your notice of disputing items to the CRAs as well, I would definitely do a CFPB complaint against them because you got to understand the CFPB. It's not like no magic or anything, but it's a good way to hold people accountable as far as showing that you attempted to resolve the issue. Because if they have that on record, it's like, okay, he did a CFPB complaint. She did a CFPB complaint. They did what they did what they could to try and solve the issue privately. And that's why we're here in litigation. So you're going to send that notice, your debt validation or your notice of dispute. Some people say like, oh, should I dispute one item at a time? I say if you can dispute multiple items at a time, right? If you got 10 items, you got 30 items, it's really up to you. Um, I probably wouldn't go past... 10 items, but it's really up to you. You can do whatever, right? And once you put all the items you're disputing in your notice, let's just talk about basic construction of a letter. So you're going to put your name. You're going to put the address of the creditor or CRA. You're going to be like, I pulled my credit report, Experian, TransUnion, Equifax, whatever it is, and I noticed some items that need to be disputed. Write it down. Collection, late payment, etc. Write down the name of the creditor, right? Write down the type of the item. Is it a collection? And then write down the reason why it should be deleted. The reason why it should be deleted. I gave my mentee some secret sauce on this. I gave him a special, some some special verbiage. But what I'll say for y'all is you could just say it's a violation of 15 USC 1681B number two because you didn't give them written instructions to publish it on your report. So you want to put the reasoning of why it's a violation, right? How they violate you. Was it an investigation that was equitable to you, the consumer, that kind of thing? So just just do it and then um, send that notice out to the credit bureaus. Send the debt validation notice out to the creditor. So you got to understand these are two different notices that you're sending to the creditor and the credit agencies, consumer reported agencies. You address them differently. I hope that's making sense. If it's not making sense, get into the debt mentorship. So once you send that notice out, then when it comes back, if it comes out back verified or whatever, that's when you send to the CRAs. 
your, what's it called? Your method of uh, verification notice. Asking them how did they verify it. And then that goes back to what I said. You got to understand the FCRA, the Fair Credit Reporting Act. So go understand that. Go understand that in depth. Send that notice out. Do your CFPB complaint. Do your FTC identity theft, right? And one thing y'all got to understand with identity theft, this is key to getting these items deleted. Identity theft from a legal definition means no consent. No consent. What does that mean? This is some secret sauce I gave to my mentees. But you want to tie that identity theft to permissible purpose. That's your key to exercising your FCRA rights to get these items deleted. I hope that didn't go over your head. Identity theft leading to permissible purpose. Identity theft law. One law you want to use. Let me just give it to y'all. 15 USC 1681 C-2. Read that law and understand, like, paint the picture of what you got to do with it and how it relates to permissible purpose. I hope I'm not giving out too much information to where my mentee is going to be mad at me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So do, do your dispute. Do your CFPB complaint. You can do a state attorney general complaint. You can do a BBB complaint. And then at the end of the day, you just got to be consistent. That's like the secret recipe, to be honest. Consistency and patience. A lot of people get tricked out of their position because they just like, oh, it got verified. It got validated. They're not deleting it. Credit doesn't credit repair doesn't work. This is not in the third. How come we're constantly posting receipts of us deleting items if it doesn't work? It just takes time. Just because we posted um us helping our client delete stuff, it doesn't mean like it was in, in round one. Sometimes it's round two, sometimes it's even round three. You just gotta be consistent. Imagine for round three, we just decided, oh, we not we just gonna stop disputing for our clients. That's why you gotta be patient, that's why you gotta be consistent. I need y'all to understand that. When you're patient, when you're consistent, you're going to get the damn item deleted. And when you understand your loss, and when you're in the right environment, we got a free uh, Facebook group, but I promise you the, the mentorship Facebook group is a, whole different, is a whole different level of accountability. That's why I said in the beginning, you know, being cheap is expensive. But yeah, if you, if you do all of this, you're definitely going to repair your credit in 2023. Then you... Leverage it. Make sure you got that perfect credit profile. Go ahead, get you some funding. Invest into income producing assets. Invest into some mentorship. And, you know, just get to the next level. Hopefully this episode helped y'all. I just wanted to do a refresher because I know that, you know, that was a monumental episode that we dropped in 2021. And it was like my beginnings of being familiar with the loss. So I didn't really talk about it, but you can freeze the secondary bureaus. So, you know, LexisNexis, SageStream, um, LCI, they work with TransUnion when it comes to bankruptcies. So bankruptcies specifically, I would I would get I would dispute with LexisNexis first and then use that as leverage to get rid of the bankruptcy. But technically you don't have to do all that. Because you know these laws are so powerful. Like you gotta understand, like you have a right to privacy. Go to congressional findings and FCRA. 15 U.S.C. 1681A, number four, in the congressional findings section. It says you have a you have a right to privacy, right? I know these laws off the top of my head because, you know, I'll be studying it left and right. 15 U.S.C. 1681EB, maximum possible accuracy, right? It has to be fully accurate. 15 U.S.C. 1681I5B talks about reinsertion. What has to be done before the item is reinserted? Some of y'all complain like, oh, it got reinserted. Go exercise your rights. <laughs> like, it's literally right there for you. 
15 U.S.C. 1681 C-2, block of information. That is gold when it comes to getting these items deleted. Identity theft, no consent. 15 U.S.C. 1681 B number two, written instructions of the consumer. Like these laws are literally there for y'all. Y'all just got to exercise y'all rights. 15 U.S.C. 1681 A2 AI, no transactions or experiences. Aren't those late payments transactions? You go to your bank, they talk about transactions, right? So so y'all just got to y'all just got to do y'all due diligence, read these laws, understand them, overstand them, exercise them, and stop being lazy. Just write, write your letters, send them out. If you listen to the podcast, you have knowledge that most people don't have. If you listen to half of these episodes, if you listen to 25% of these episodes, if you listen to 10 episodes, you have more knowledge than most people have. You can start a whole business, a whole side hustle, all of that. But that's going deeper than what I want this episode to be. But hopefully y'all take action. Um, I know a lot of y'all be taking action behind the scenes and you just going about your business as if you don't know me or not even letting us know about, you know, the updates. Keep us updated as you get these items deleted. It makes us feel good knowing that y'all are actually taking action. If we don't hear from nobody, we just assume y'all not taking action. And it's not our purpose to drop two episodes every week for y'all not to be taking action. So do something from what I said today. Go pull your damn credit reports. Go read the FCRA. Go dispute your personal items. Go send out your notices of dispute. Go send out your debt validation notices. Go send out your uh, method of verification notices. Go send out your affidavits. Go file your litigation. Go invest in the CAT Credit Retire Your 9 to 5 Mentorship. Y'all have a blessed one. Thanks so much for listening to the CAT Podcast. I hope you got beneficial information. If you did, make sure you share it with somebody. Let us know on social media that you're listening to the podcast. And if you haven't gotten the Consumer Law for Geniuses FCRA Edition ebook, you sleep on yourself. So go ahead and text the word FCRA Genius as one word to 914-353-4741. FCRA Genius as one word to 914-353-4741. You can get it for only $10 versus $97. Y'all have a blessed one.